I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Nothing will stop the Satanic total release. Stop testing Satan. And once again, welcome to the place where we are so sick of the question, why Satan? We named a podcast after it. Hello and welcome to the Tweaked Why Satan podcast. From now on, I'm going to try to have smaller segments that can be sometimes recurring segments, sometimes one-of-a-kind segments that I've planned and scripted out, sometimes just off-the-cuff discussions that pop into my head in the middle of recording, and normally I'll try to mention which ones those are. Some, a lot of those I'm going to keep towards the end, the ones that I, I'm doing off-the-cuff. Sometimes I'm going to put out a hopeful word or two to hopefully say something nice to everyone out there or look at a subject that I think is bothering me and might be bothering uh, people in a community in general. And I'm going to try to put that in the front. For example, this week I'm going to talk about something that has been bothering me and I know has been bothering some people over the course of the year in the pandemic. So I'm going to talk about that and why I think that people don't need to feel so bad about it. Later in the podcast, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be introducing Why Satan Preps. I've been talking about this for a while, and as anyone who's seen some of my back and forths on Twitter and Discord, there are some other Satanists who also believe prepping is important. I'm going to get into why it's important, why it has nothing to do with a lot of those weird reality shows you see on TV, and why it can be really simple to get into and why some of the big preps you see on TV are not financially viable and are not that useful, depending on your situation. For this week, we're just going to talk about the basics on the, on prepping. We're going to talk about EDCs and being at home and why I think prepping is important. But before we actually get into any segments, I want to talk about some things that have been discussed among people. One, there are some people who do ask that they don't like Twitter and they're wondering how's an easy way to contact me because they don't like being on Twitter all the time and they want some time off. I have an email that you can always write to. It is podcast at whysatan.com. And if you send me something there, I'll be sure to reply to it. I try to check all the emails that I actually have once a day or a few times a day if it's a particularly slow day. So feel free to put anything in there. If you want to talk about a sub uh, subject you think I should talk about, or if you have a comment or question, or if there's something that you want to say and you'd maybe like me to read it on the air, or hey, you know what, if you want to send in a voice clip and it's appropriate and it's not just someone saying that, uh, that I'm a dick or an asshole uh, and it has some sort of point, feel free to send it in. So as long as you're not a troll, I'll probably uh, put it in the show. Now, other people have asked if I plan on having any guests on. Now, I'd actually love to do that. However, I'm not too confident in myself. One, I'm not too sure how to have a guest. I'm not too sure what the audio syncs and everything. So if someone wants to help me out with that and send me some resources on how to do that, that'd be great. I also want to make sure that things are running smoothly so, yes, I am interested in perhaps having a guest to talk about things they want to talk about. And honestly, the guests that I'd like to have, I actually wouldn't mind having some regular people who might be interested in being on the show rather than big names. Because a lot of people who have these big names who everyone recognizes, you've heard them everywhere. 
And if I can give someone else a voice who might just be interested in a topic or they might have really cool insights on something or hell, they might be someone who makes uh, satanic crafts on Etsy or something and you want to perhaps be on, sure, once I figure that out and I feel a little more confident, let me know. Uh, let me know whenever you want and I can let you know that I probably will be interested in it and we can try to work it out now again like i said if you want more immediate like you just want to say something and put it out there let me know and i'll just literally take your video your audio clip and plop it right into my show after just making sure the volume's correct and everything i will just plop it right in there if i feel it's appropriate with the show and again any questions or anything like that feel free that's one of the things i've really want to do i really want to engage with people I, I like talking with people i know sometimes i'll like vanish from like discord and twitter for a while uh this, this year has been rough but again you can always reach me at podcast at ysane.com you can reach me at my twitter if you're on the baphomet discord i'm in there under josh in parentheses why satan you can uh, look me up there and ping me. Feel free. I have the setting where I allow people to DM me if they are on the same server as me. So feel free to DM me on Discord. That's great. Or send me if you're on the Baphomet site. Uh, I'm on there. You can send me a message. Message me however you'd like. And as always, I want to say that I'm extremely appreciative to everyone who listens at any point. Sometimes I look at my podcast and I notice that, like, someone just listened to, like, my first show. And I think, oh, boy, that's so embarrassing. That was not a good audio quality. Part of me honestly wants to delete my first show, but I'm not going to do that. And I, then I just see, like, I just want to say thank you. This show helps me just, like, get some of my rants out and just be able to open up. And knowing that people actually uh, listen is great. As I said, the, the, if you want to be more awesome, uh, interact. Uh, let me know a subject you want me to talk about. Or, like I said, send in a clip. Um, now, normally I didn't like asking this because my podcast is a bit up and down. But because the new way the show is done, it's going to be a little easier for me. So I'm going to try to do this now every week. So I'm actually now going to say, if you please can, follow me on whatever... Uh, way you listen to podcasts or you follow them, just add me, add the stream to your favorites or follows or however your stream works. If you don't have one, you can always make a really, f you can make a free Podbean account and use their app and uh, follow me on there. Again, thank you very much. Uh, just thank you. I, I always feel like a little embarrassed when I see the people listen to my show of me rambling on. But that, that's what I wanted to say. I, I wanted to explain things, but thank you very much. You know, it's been a year, a little over a year, since the lockdown started. It's been about a week since my school closed, and they're just starting to open next week. And just starting by me, I mean barely. And we could go over and talk about all the major changes that have happened over this year. We could talk about the number of dead, the cases, 
the denial of science, the charlatans that have come out of it. We could talk about the ridiculous politics that have come up around mask wearing or distancing or the regrettable need to close restaurants and bars. Those things all suck, and they're regrettable. The things we had to do, and it's sort of one of those things when you analyze them in philosophy class, like, well, you could hurt this person and save so many people, or you could do nothing and claim that, well, that's just how things are. We could go over all of that, but that's not what I'm going to do right now. Right now I'm going to talk about something that I've noticed a lot of people have been beating themselves up over. And it's something I've beat myself up over. Does anyone remember when we started the pandemic, when we went into lockdown, how we promised ourselves, well, I have all this free time. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to learn X or I'm going to learn Y. I'm going to learn a new language. And some of us did. Some of us tried. Some of us tried really hard. Some of us tried a little. And some of us didn't get very far. And those of us who didn't either try or make it very far or even tried really hard and didn't quite get there, I know we've been looking at the year and going, what is this waste? We, we've wasted so much of our time. We've wasted a year. We've wasted a year of free time. All the times I've said to myself, if I had free time, what could I do with it? All this stuff that I'd want to do. And we look at it. And we look at the time that's gone by, and we ask ourselves, did I waste a year? Why wasn't I productive? I, I see so many people talking about how productive they were on these things that they've accomplished. Their quarantine activities, or hobbies, or they finished a deck, or they did all these things. And you're looking around your house, and you're like, well, maybe the most things I've got done, I have a few more Amazon boxes than I did at the start of the year. Or maybe I have a few more projects that got started and didn't actually get finished. And then we wonder to ourselves, is there something wrong with us maybe? Are we lazy? Are we just not capable of actually completing anything or getting something done? And we see all these people that have accomplished something. And that's a problem. And I think the problem is actually with our society. There's a push to be productive. Now, being productive is great. Being productive is awesome if you, if you can. But if you can't, if you can't for whatever reason, it's nothing wrong. Maybe you did accomplish something this year that you didn't even think about. Maybe I did. There, there's a lot of things I wanted to get done. I have a language app on my phone. I was determined I was going to learn Spanish because so many people I interact with in my, in my city know how to speak Spanish. Many of them are uh, first language Spanish speakers. And I was determined I was going to learn some Spanish. And when I went back to school, when the pandem pandemic was over, I was going to talk to all the students that I had had trouble talking to before because I would know a little Spanish and it would help. And I didn't really do that. I have my electronic projects that I work on, and I did a few things with them, but I haven't done as much as I planned on. Or the sewing machine that I got, I had some projects planned on that. I haven't even buttoned. I haven't even redone a button on my pants. I keep putting it off week to week, and I say I'll do it later. I find myself chilling out, watching a show, re-watching a show, or listening to something on YouTube, or listening to an audiobook, or just chilling out, playing a game. And at times I go, what am I doing? I've, I had so much time, I wasted a year. I didn't. I, I didn't waste it. I 
had a vacation. I needed it. I wasn't able to be productive because my mind was elsewhere. There was nothing I could do. My brain was burnt out. And a lot of people today, our, our brains are gone. They're fried. We've had to deal with so much over the course of two years, three years, four years. Even this year alone has been a nightmare. People have been cut off from people they haven't seen for a while. I, myself, I've been cut off from my girlfriend for over a year now. There's people who are waiting on things they've been striving for for a long time, and they've just been waiting and waiting. I know someone who's waiting for gender reassignment surgery, and because of the pandemic, everything got ground to a halt. If you weren't productive in the regular sense of being productive... There's nothing wrong with that. You did what you had to do. You made it through the year. You did it. You survived. And maybe, just maybe, you didn't need to be productive. Maybe. The best thing we could have done this year for some people in terms of being productive was to do nothing at all for once in our lives. To just sit back, relax, and take a mental health year. There's nothing to feel guilty about. We can go back to being productive whenever we are able to. Listen to your battery-powered radio for instructions and information concerning community services. When I say prepping, what pops in your head? For most people, you think about someone in the middle of nowhere living in a bunker who has convinced the world is going to end at some point and they are going to need to fight off uh, roaming bands of raiders or something like that, or that the power grid's going to go down and they need this complex with all these windmills and everything to make sure that they can survive. Well, they build up barrels and barrels of food because they think the apocalypse is coming and they're going to need to survive the rest of their lives and they need all these food items for when they need to prep their farms or whatever, what have you. Prepping has gotten a pretty bad name, mostly from conspiracy theorists or people who believe the end of the world is coming. But honestly, Prepping isn't something that should be weird or uncommon. It should be normal. If you think about it, when you buy Advil because you might have a headache at some point, even if you don't get them too much, you're prepping for something. If you decide, well, you know what, I'm not feeling that good this week. I might might feel sick next week. It is possible. I'm going to buy a few extra groceries so I don't need to leave the house. Or, hey, there's a sale on blank. I'm going to buy extra because I know I can always use it if for some reason I run out in an emergency. Or, hey, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Well, shit. Well, I'm not going to go crazy and freak out like everyone else because I know the supermarket's probably going to be here in a week. But, you know what, I might buy a few candles or some flashlights or maybe a few extra cans of food just so I don't need to run out when everything's a mess. That's prepping. And it's basics. That's prepping. Okay, that's great, you might tell me. But what does that have to do with having a whole segment about it if prepping is just getting Advil or a few extra cans of food? I think part of it is just thinking about doing it. And it's not only getting some extra Advil or getting some food. It's about taking a self-inventory, knowing what you might need in the future, knowing what you use all the time. And frankly, if this year taught us anything, sometimes you have to think outside the box because you never know what actually might happen. And when you start hearing about a pandemic and lockdown, other people have already started to freak out. And this is why I think prepping is satanic. For one reason, not only does it help you, but it helps those around you. 
And by helping those around you, I don't mean having enough supplies and food and everything for your entire neighborhood. No. If you remember back at the start of the pandemic when supermarkets didn't have much of anything on their shelves, part of the reason that is is because supermarkets and other stores figure out how much of whatever they're going to need. And they figure that out based on what's happened during that year, what happens during the week. So if there's suddenly a flood of people coming to get a bunch of things, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is running out in the country or the region. It just means the supply lines are not prepared for that amount of need because people are panic buying. So if you have some things stored away by yourself, it helps people who have not done that. It helps people who might need to go to the store. Now you're saying, well, if I just do this, it's not really going to help when a bunch of other people are doing it. It's not, but if enough people did it, great. So it can help someone, or it might just help one or two people if you have extra. Or honestly, it might just let you stay in the house when you really don't want to go out and do something because it's shitty outside or there's a storm or there's some sort of problem outside. But prepping is not these paranoid uh, people who decide that the world's going to ending so they need to prepare for anything. In a modern society, there is very little way the average person can prepare for everything. For the most part, it's financially unreasonable for the everyday person to prepare for everything. So for today, let's talk about how, how do we prepare? How would we prep? How do we do that? Well, first, we need to think about what we actually need. And there's two different types that I'm just going to talk about for now. We're going to talk about the basics of something called an EDC and the basics of just stuff to have at home. Now, we need to cover what is an EDC. Now, I'm sure some people know what it is, some don't. An EDC stands for Everyday Carry. And it doesn't need to be this massive setup that you have. It can be things just like, I always have my keys on me. I always have a $20 bill that I keep on me. I have my wallet. I have my phone. I have a charger. I have something that I can use for X or Y. It's pretty simple. It's stuff that you need every day. And it's a reliable way to make sure that you have what you need with you. And as much as it is having the stuff, it's important to make sure that you have it on you. By their very nature, everyday carry is things that you have on you at all times. It, they are not very useful if you never bring them with you. Now, if you're going across the street to the corner store to grab something, you probably don't need it. However, if you're going across town, why not? It can't really hurt you for the most part. Having a small bag is not problematic at all. Okay, great. I've defined what an everyday carry is, but what actually would be in an everyday carry? My best advice to you would be to make a list of things that you find yourself needing most often. Things that would be useful. Myself, I'm constantly f finding myself needing a pair of scissors. So I got a small pocket knife that I keep in a small bag that folds out into a pair of scissors. Uh, Advil and something for upset stomach are always great since you always may have a headache somewhere. Your stomach might get wonky. Band-Aids are great. Some um, antiseptic ointment or an alcohol pad, then you can think of things that might be useful to have. Like, I have a pocket ratchet set, a small little ratchet set with some bits. 
Uh, also, I have money in the, a small little bag that I have that is meant for me to forget about until I'm like, I really need money. And then I realize I have it with me. For example, right on my little desk where I uh, have my computer, I pulled out, I have my little bag. It is a bag with two pockets. One zip, they both zip out. And inside it, I have a pocket knife. I have some money, band-aids. I have some, a little bit of uh, twine that I keep on me. I have my pocket knife. I have some Advil. I have nail clippers because getting a hangnail sucks. I have some tweezers. I have that little ratchet set. And my bits and the medicine that I have are in little tiny tin containers. What I'm going to do is after the, after um, the show, after I'm done recording, in the Why Satan website, whysatan.com, I'm going to, inside where I normally post the podcast, I'm going to also put in some pictures of this little pouch that I have. It's really useful. Um, no need to like get the exact name brand or anything. There's definitely cheaper options. This is just something I had. But it's very useful. And bags are something I'm going to talk about another day. Uh, small little bags. And we can talk about why they're useful. But that is not what I wanted to plan not on talking about today. Remember, new format. I'm trying to stick with smaller little chunk segments so we can get through them. And I don't rant. And so that's EDC. Everyone's EDC is a little different. Now, some people don't need a pocket knife. Great. A lot of people don't. Some people I know in the middle of nowhere, their EDC is like a big, like almost buoy knife because they're in the middle of the woods. They're worried about like a snake or their foot might get caught in some like bramble or something. They need to cut it. Great. It is customizable. It is meant to be. Those are what I have in my bag because I use them all the time. They're always useful for me. What you have and what you find useful is going to be different from you and different from everyone else. Most people tend to have similar things, but everyone's needs are slightly different. Now, let's talk about the house. What do we do about prepping for the house? The pandemic was honestly a great example about what you might need for prepping. If you could think about something you wish you had during the pandemic and during lockdown, that's a great place to start. Good example of stuff that I always try to keep in the house. I try to keep extra food in the house. You can look at different things you can do to it. Like, for example, chicken, you can freeze that and it can stay in there for a few months. Uh, my grandmother taught that to me where you can take um, freezer wrap and wrap chicken, fresh chicken and freezer wrap and you can get it nice and tight. You can put it in the freezer and it'll last for like a while. Um, I think it'll last for like two months, maybe three months. It'll, it'll last much longer so you can buy chicken on sale freeze it and keep with you butter butter you can freeze uh there's a whole list of different things you can freeze and they'll come out just fine you can probably you can look them up uh, canned food is great like i i honestly don't like soup very much i'm not a fan of canned food i find it a little too salty sometimes and i am not a big fan of vegetables i i know i should eat more but i have canned food that was one of the first things that I got during the pandemic when I saw that was some canned food was still in the aisles. I grabbed it. As stupid as it sounds, because people are like, why do you need that much toilet paper? Getting some extra toilet paper is not bad. The main reason is not because you're going to need all of it. It's because you saw what happened. Um, people go nuts and they decide that toilet paper is their big thing, which is bizarre. If you can talk to your doctor... If you have a medication that you always need, 
if you can talk to your doctor about maybe if there's any way that you can get a little extra, especially if they're pills that aren't really going to go bad. Those are great. Um, some water is never bad. You might be like, why do I need water? It comes right out of my sink. Well, I mean, sometimes the water does go down, and it's never bad to have water. Now, one thing that I got that I find useful is something called a bath bob, um, a bathtub bob. Basically, it's something that you put in your tub. It's basically a big plastic uh, container that you fill up with water. It's, it's better than filling up your bathtub because the water is just sitting there, and in this case, it's in a container. Um, something that I do have my room largely because I don't want to run downstairs in the middle of the night to fill up a water bottle. I have this big, like, container of water that I just have a little spout on. That's fine too. If you know, hey, if you know a storm is coming, it's never bad to have some water. Because especially in the north, like if something happens and gets really cold and a pipe freezes, it might burst or just might freeze and we might not have water. Now, a lot of people ask about power. Uh, what happens if the power goes out? Power is probably one of the most expensive preps you can do. Honestly, for the most part, if you live in the city, it's going to be pretty hard to get something that's going to allow you to be good when the power goes out. Now, there are uh, large, they're called solar generators, that basically just store power. They're like gigantic batteries that can be powered by a solar panel, or you can plug them in and recharge them. Uh something like that like i know a name brand um like jackery is a example of one that a lot of people like and some of them are going to be good enough to power on your phone like to keep that charged some of them might uh turn on a laptop for a while most of them are not going to turn on your refrigerator or keep it running a lot of them are not going to be something you could hook up to your heat unless you get something rather expensive so that is something to keep in mind if you have the money and you're able to do it great but if you're in a city it's going to be kind of tricky people living in the country from what i've heard because of just how their their power is set up depending on how far out they are it can be a little easier but it's it's still tricky it, it is still expensive for the most part, it's not something to worry about too much. Because if you live in a city, for the most part, your power is not going to stay off too long, hopefully. And again, when we look at a place like Texas, we think about heat. Heating is, again, tricky. Because heat heat uses a lot of electricity. So even if you get like one of those 1,000-watt... Um, thousand watt output with like 3000 or 2000 watt hours in it your heat lamp or your heater is going to burn through that pretty quick heat is something that i am not too sure what to do with i'll be honest i'm i'm figuring out so if any one of you out there especially if you know a good solution in the city of heat great now there are some tricks to heat if ever power goes out and you don't have heat there are some ways to do it. I'm going to cover that once I look more into it because I've done it a few times but I want to see if there's a better way of doing it like isolating part of the house and keep the heat in that part of the house. But I don't want to say anything here that I've not researched or looked into myself because we don't want misinformation. Now next time I do this segment, 
which is always going to be in my show notes, I'm going to talk about modularization. Or, as I jokingly t- tell my girlfriend, bags within bags, which confuses her. Bags within bags or modularization is very useful for prepping and very useful for just knowing where your stuff is. And I'm going to talk about that and why it's insanely useful and why at first I thought it was dumb and I didn't understand it. And now that I understand it and I found how useful it is, I have so many bags that I put within bags. So we're going to talk about that segment. We're going to talk about that next time when we do the segment again. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. You know what? I've been thinking over the past two weeks that if some alien came to Earth and for some reason we were all vaporized overnight and the only way that they could piece together what we were doing was just look at the internet and cable news, especially if for some reason most of the channels got wiped out on, like, say, Fox or something like that, they would be wondering, well, apparently there are a few different religions around the world. There's the religion of Dr. Seuss, there's the religion of Mr. Potato Head, and these people are really, really fanatical about their religion. And it's it's just really bizarre to see grown-ass adults screaming their head off because a company decides that the best way they can make money is to change their branding from Mr. Potato Head to just Potato Head. And it's even dumber than you'd actually think. The fact that Mr. Potato Head is not being taken off shelves. Like, that's the funny part. Mr. Potato Head is still going to be sold. And it's ridiculous that I need to even do a segment on this from for people who have to deal with this day in and day out with family members. You can let them know that, you know, Mr. Potato Head, their company doesn't just sell Mr. Potato Head. They sell Mrs. Potato Head, and they sell Baby Potato Head. They, I don't really know, but they probably spell doggy. They probably sell Doggy Potato Head. They're not actually removing any of these um, things from products. They're not even saying that we're not making Mr. Potato Head anymore. They're just changing their branding. Why? Because they want to let people know that there is more than just Mr. Mr. Potato Head. And the fact we even have to talk about this is stupid. Which, honestly, I've tried not to talk about it, but I get... Anyone who's listened to me a little bit knows that I have to deal with listening to Fox sometimes because I have to go over some family members' houses. And, oh, I can't tell you... Listening to Fox, you would think that we were at war with some alien race that was attacking us because of Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss and other inane bullshit. The fact that we have to explain that, no, 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 you still get your um, Potato Head who's masculinely male and has a dick or whatever and identifies as a male. Um, Apparently, if they don't get that, they freak out. I'm sort of curious, has any of them ever decided that they want to make sure that Mr. Potato's a guy? How would we do that? As far as I'm aware, um, potatoes don't have junk. They don't have any bits. Um, does Mrs. Mrs. Potato Head have... Is there... What? Are we going to start lifting up skirts and pulling down pants on potato heads? 
Are we going to, like, strip them down naked and do some sort of bodily searches? I, I, I want to know. How, ask about this. If someone, anyone who tries to bring up this potato head nonsense to you, act stupid. Ask them, well, maybe you have a point, but how do we make sure that it's actually Mr. Potato Head? How do we make sure that it's just not a Mr. Potato Head dressed up as a Mrs. Potato Head? Go with their talking points. How do we know? At what point? What what happens if a child or some, you know, activist takes a potato head and they put the female parts on the male potato head? How do we know? Is there a DNA test we can do? Can we, like I said, pull down their pants and check? The stupidity of it, if it doesn't dawn on them, if they don't, get any idea of what you're getting at, th- then don't talk to them. Th- there's no point in addressing them. It's stupid. Most of the people who are talking about this are purposely trying to change the conversation from things that are important. They don't want to talk about anything that's important, so they go on to Mr. Potato Head or Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, which... Ask them who's canceling Dr. Seuss. And they'll say, well, th- it's the the like Black Lives Matter, and you go, no, no, no. Um, Dr. Seuss, out of nowhere, decided they don't want to publish these six books anymore. And ask them, which books? Can, can you name them? Do you have them in your house? Are you interested in reading any of these books? Do you know what they are? No, most likely not. They're not really books that people know of. I used to have a lot of Dr. Seuss books. I haven't heard of any of these books. So what? Do we should we get rid of the free market? That's what we should do. We should get rid of the free market and tell companies they are not allowed to sell the things they want to sell. They have to sell the things that um who who who's going to determine what they get to sell? Yeah, that that's the problem, isn't it? Um I mean, they they want the free market, right? They want the market to be able to say what they get to do and what they don't get to do that that's them right they um the, the libertarian many of these people are are at least somewhat libertarian so so do we do we force them to um publish these books if um if a company doesn't want to publish someone's book do we force it if amazon decides that well we they don't want to host someone's um website anymore do we force them to does the state come down and mandate it? Schools are a great one. I've had an argument with my family about school reopenings. And I love when they say, well, you know what? Why isn't the president making schools open? And I love getting into this because I tell them this. Well, the president can't really make a state open their schools because the states have their own school system. It's not federally run would you like a federal school system because you know that's not a bad idea i think they definitely should have some oversight and wait wait to see them go no 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 it it should be left up to the states well then shouldn't it be left up to the states if it's open or not if that's the case you can't tell the president to open or close schools can you i mean that that was the whole reason you said trump couldn't close the country he couldn't tell states to close because of state rights so, do you believe in state rights? Are you a state's rights person? Or are you not? 
Are you a communist bastard? Which one is it? And I love getting into the... I love talking about these subjects to people who are completely and utterly unprepared for them. Because they always fall back on one thing. It's like, well, um, you don't understand. Or, well, I don't want to talk to you. Which is great. I don't want to really talk to them either for the most part. If they can just shut the fuck up, I'm completely and utterly happy with that. Considering that most of what I find comes out of their mouths are just regurgitated nonsense. I think we need to stop worrying so much what other people say. And we just need to go forward. We just need to do what we need to do. And if people want to go on and talk about potato heads in Dr. Seuss books for the next however long they want to, cool. They can talk about that, and um, we can do whatever we want to do. And if they don't like something you do or say, and don't want to talk to you anymore, remind them that you have freedom of speech, so you should be able to say whatever you want, no matter if they like it or not. And it doesn't matter if it's in their house, because, well, it's still freedom of speech. If they don't like that Amazon can tell Parlor to shut the fuck up, then in their house... They can't tell you to shut the fuck up and see how they take that. I found that when I say that to my family members, they sort of just blankly stare and they're not sure what to say. And if they tell you you need to leave, remind them that now they're part of cancel culture. Once again, I need to say thank you for joining me and thank you for trying out this new format. I actually think I enjoy it quite a bit more. It gives me a bit more flexibility. But that's it for this week, and hopefully I'll catch you next week. As always, this has been Why Satan, and Hail Satan. Alright, and remember, if you're able to, go get your vaccine. Yeah, it kind of sucks and you feel a little sick, but seriously, go get your vaccine.